I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast. Brought to you live, not live, not live. Brought to you by, no, I don't know. I don't know who's going to take out ads on this podcast where we give investment advice to um, (laughs) young urban professionals. So what you really want to look for is a high yield savings account. If you have money, it doesn't matter if it's $50 or $5,000, you really want to get it invested in a high yield savings account. Now time is on your side. Or an NFT. Or an NFT. Right. What the hell is an NFT? Seriously? No, oh. I know what an NFT is. I don't understand it, but I know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. It's like the one billionth of a Bitcoin that I have. Right. That I got for my bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hi, Dougie. Thank you, Aunt Sadie. Um, yeah, you know, I've got a bone to pick. It's time. I have a bone to pick with time. Do tell. Well, okay. So it's evening time and you and I recording in the evening is a lot different than you and I recording in the morning. Sure is. Cause we don't do well. <laughs> well, we'll let everybody be, be the uh, judge. Oh my gosh. See the judge, judge yeah, of that. It's happening already. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long, re- y'all get ready to hit fast forward until you hit the session and then we yeah. come back and yep. uh, then hit right fast now, forward again. Yeah. Yep. So I don't do caffeine anymore. I haven't for a long, long time. And I can function pretty well without caffeine, like wake up at five, six in the morning, right. hit the trails. I'm good. I can keep going pretty much all day. And then around six, seven o'clock, I'm shutting down. Like it's, 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 it's I late. mean, that's a long ass day, dude. Like I'm not starting my day at 5.00 AM. I'll tell you that. Well, right. But that's, I mean, it's 12 hours till it's then 5.00 PM. That's not yeah. that long. I mean, I know people that have worked production that work like 16 hour days. That's working for 16 hours. Oh, for That's sure. That's gnarly. That's insane. Right. I mean, I have right. the utmost respect for people who can do that. That is not me. Yeah. But my, my bone to pick is maybe not a bone to pick. Maybe it's just that I miss caffeine because man, having like a nice cup of tea or some chocolate covered espresso beans right now would just make this so easy. I then would not be able to sleep at night at right. all. And then I'd be so tired the next day. Caffeine does nothing for me. I haven't drank coffee for the pub probably like the past week or two. I don't, I, sometimes I just get in a kick of something else and mm. I'm just like, I can take it or leave it. I think, I think I could probably drink coffee and go straight to sleep. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't wow. really affect me in my mind. It does when I want it to, right? Like on the mornings I drink coffee, I'm like, oh good. I need coffee to wake me up. But like. I feel no different when I don't have it. So, man, I remember one of the coolest things when I worked in the music business is when we got uh, an espresso machine in house. So not only did we have coffee, but we then had little espresso that we could make. And this being my favorite time of year, we would get like sweets sent to us and little caramels or caramels, whatever you want to call them, like those little candies. And I would set one up in the bottom of an espresso shot, put an espresso pod in, get a shot of espresso, and then pretty much sake bomb it in a cup of coffee <laughs> and have like a total shot of coffee, espresso and caramel. I mean, that sounds pretty good. Oh man. It was great for a couple of hours. And then I think I crashed. Yeah. 
that they do it all over again, right? Right. That's what we do. It's called Groundhog right? Day. Oh, your favorite movie. Oh, God. Oh, no. Ugh. I was talking to a client in some other state today, Florida, I think. And I don't know how I just thought us, but they don't wear masks, I guess, really at all or inside or anything. And I was like, God, can you imagine what that would be like? Like in the last <laughs> two years, we have had two weeks in July when we didn't have to wear masks. That was it. Right. Almost two years, right. short of three months. Besides that, I walked into the pharmacy today and the guy was like, oh, oh, hi. I didn't recognize you. And I was like thinking, because I have a blue mask on right now instead of a black one. That's why. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Someone just told me that they now have uh, clear masks so you can wear a clear mask. Yeah, that's have had those. wild. That makes really perfect sense, by the way. It makes sense. But how, I mean, what is it made of? How does that even work? It's a great question now that you're saying that. Right. I mean, yeah. I understand like glass being clear. Or a shield. fabric being clear. Oh, f clear fabric? Yeah. I was thinking plastic, but that would probably be hard to breathe in. No, clear. It'd be like sucking in saran wrap. It's like a, a surgical mask that's clear. No way. Way. <laughs> we are on a roll, Doug. Yeah, this is, this is, see, this is what you guys get. <laughs> the evening version of Doug and Meredith coming at you. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, so you just moved not that long ago. Oh God. Remember when we started this, I was moving or I just moved. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Well, guess yeah. what guys? My lease was for two years. <laughs> so <laughs> I am moving again soon. I just don't know to where I've Aww. been looking for a house. If anybody knows of one, they want to give me, I'll take it because <laughs> I don't want to pay for one. Well, you can, you can stay in my back house. Do you have a back house? No. <laughs> <laughs> did you know I was going to ask you that? No. <laughs> How did you think that was going to go? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> it's late. If it were early, I would have had a plan Amazing. for that, but I didn't. Okay. What do you got? Bring it on. Entertain me. That was it. That was it. Just the moving thing, looking for a house. And then I ordered boxes and I packed one box yesterday. Because I was like, well, just get started. Wow. Packed one tiny box. I was like, oh. Do you realize that everybody listening tomorrow is your birthday? <gasps> it's my birthday. It's my birthday. Yeah. It's almost my birthday. I already started celebrating though. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's you actually announced two it weeks. over it's a month a ago. Yeah. So <laughs> you're like, you guys, it's like a month till my birthday. I'm like, really? You can only imagine. Yep. I normally don't work on my birthday, but I decided I'm going to like just a little bit because like when I don't work, then I'm like, why am I not working? I love working. And also now what am I going to do all effing day <laughs> long? But then I told my clients, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you Friday. And I'm like, it's my birthday though. Most <laughs> therapists are like, would never say that. I've worked on my birthday without saying a thing about it. Of course. Of course you wouldn't say anything about it. Right. Nor would most people. I just made it all about right. me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then they're like, oh, it's your birthday. You don't have to. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> right. Oh, but I didn't get you anything. All I got was my heartache and pain. That's well, okay. get me something anyway. If we meet in person, right. you're lucky it's not in person or I would expect gifts. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Do you remember, remember when we were starting out, like when the like sort of mandate from agencies was do not accept any gift from a client. Oh, starting out as therapist. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's still how it is. I always welcome gifts, at least on Me the too. podcast. If it's a minimal, minimal cost. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this in my office, but I have a client that got me a crystal Yoda. What do you mean? I love that thing. That was a gift from a client. It was great. Yeah, I would take it. If Aww. a client wants to buy me like a house, then I will <laughs> give up my license. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. We will sort ourselves. You guys will listen to this session and we will be back with you quite shortly. And here we go. <laughs> here we go. How's your week been? You know, it's been good overall, mm. really good. I started mm. the week in a really good place. I, I find out a Monday afternoon that one of the girls who I work with, her last day is going to be August 2nd. And I'm like, mm. Mm, I wonder what happened there. <laughs> it's not my business. But of course, I have an idea. And I feel like I know exactly mm. what happened. She actually told me everything that had happened. I have always felt in my heart a need to fix, right? And that we've talked yeah. about this for weeks now, to take care yeah. of slash fix slash comfort all the people all the time. Yeah. But I've never in like in my life had a feeling of, you know what? This is not okay. And I almost want to say mm. the word quest. <laughs> like literally that's how I felt when she finished mm. breaking down what had happened to her. There was something in me that was like, okay, like this is not, it's no, it's not okay. And it was weird. Cause I got this such a like strong feeling that I wasn't okay with it. And what was it? So Essentially, she needs to be in a box. She wants to know exactly what she needs to do. She takes direction very well, but she can't self-start. She's very precise, not at all what is quote-unquote expected of her at this company. When I started, I already noticed the pattern of behavior towards her. There's a big element of clickiness. It's a thing. It's like high school, but for old people. Um, <laughs> and, and you're not in that click. No. And I would never be, I hate them. I wasn't even in clicks in high school. <laughs> I would purposely pick up my food and move to the table that nobody wanted to sit at with the kids that nobody wanted to sit with just cause I hate that. I hate it. I think it is one of society. I should say humanity's worst faults that they believe hurting somebody or putting somebody down somehow makes them look better or rise above. Like I could not feel more strongly about that. There's a slight distinction that some of the, like the, the click, there's nothing wrong with a click or a club. Absolutely That's not. fine. But when there's a hierarchy involved, that touches the nerve. Well, so I think of clicks as exclusive, like to the point of where they exclude uh, others. It's always been a negative to me. It means you are not allowed inside this circle because you don't belong type of thing. I could be wrong. <laughs> no, no. And no, that, that sounds right. And especially as we're talking about this in a work environment. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it starts in middle school, <laughs> maybe earlier. There's nobody worse than middle schoolers for that kind of I stuff. Mean, I mean, it reminds me of the job that you had when you got pregnant, and now that you're pregnant, you're no longer correct in the, in the click, so to correct. speak. Correct. I never would have drawn that similarity. But I would say yes, in a way, I was no longer the pretty, skinny girl that was the you know face of the company. Now I was this giant right. pregnant woman. <laughs> but what I'm saying is co-worker is just her, yeah? Just right. sitting there doing what she believes to be exactly what she's supposed to do. The end. You know, she's right. not, she's not lazy. She's not malicious. She is not sneaky. She literally comes to work, sits down, does her job and goes home. Which is fine. It's, it's sad for me. I have always, you know, thought what a sad way to live your life. And having also just experienced a teeny tiny portion of what she experiences every single time she has a review, I honestly can't explain how the thought started and what I ended up doing, but it was almost like I couldn't stop myself. I just felt like it wasn't right. Like, I don't think I'm going to change anything. That aside, the situational awareness from the minimal amount I experienced to hearing what she went through, Mm. I was like, justice warrior. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, absolutely. That's mama bear all over again. I contacted HR. I set up a conversation and I've been feeling anxious ever since that conversation ended. And I said, I need this to be heard. I believe that it's important, but this is, I am an anonymous source. And unless you agree to respect that, the conversation's over. Of course, she was like, yeah, 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 of course, anything you say, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Not fully trusting that, apparently. I okay. mean, I don't know that I fully trust anyone entirely when it's not obviously in their best interest has to be said and someone needs to say it i'm not insecure about my position i'm not insecure about who i am why not why not me why right but why you why me exactly why me i've never done that before i've never even done that before for myself So why the hell did I feel I had to do that? Which is weird. It's just something that made me stop and go, hmm, (laughs) that was interesting behavior. Not entirely sure (laughs) why I did it. I still don't know why I did it, but I still feel it's right what I did. And that's, that's why you did it. Because it's right. There's something here, if we dig at it, Because we're looking at a situation where the people in power affected the people not in power by literally judging them. In an unprofessional way. In an unprofessional way and in a way that for you is wrong, is not okay. And it is often easier to look at that, see it, do something about it when it's not ourselves when it's external, when it's somebody else, when we can be objective. 
But that objectivity is clouded by our own subjective experience. Didn't do that for yourself because that's a little harder. It's more subjective and there's more charge to it. it. It sort of meets the need for you to take care of others, to correct something wrong. And I mean, you said the word quest. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally the only word I can think of to describe my quest for today. Here's the thing. You fairly nonchalantly is when we talked about getting out of the cult for you, it was like, yeah, I was you know 15 and I got out and we just went to the bus stop, went to Italy. Just handled that. But then it became a quest to get your siblings out, to do something about it, to show how wrong it is. But there's something about your experience and your frame of reference for yourself and seeing others. Interesting. Give me some breakdown. Give me a little breakdown, like, so I can... Take and run. Yes. All right. All right. Like, I see it one way. Now I've just gone and told you everything. I like Uh to hear, like, okay... And then once you say stuff like that, it helps me kind of go, okay, different mindset. When I had my review, I felt so wronged. I felt so powerless. I I felt so pissed. And I I couldn't let it go. And it was a wrong I needed to write. And I didn't know how to write it. And it was going to fall on deaf ears. And Mm -hmm. it just, it got me mad. I was misrepresented, mischaracterized in some ways attacked. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I was at fault, I want to be told so I can learn from it. I'll take that. But there's something about it that just strikes me wrong and I don't like it and I want to correct it. And I kind of held that. And it's something that I didn't know where to put what I held. I was holding this and I didn't know what to do with it. And normally I just stuff it in a bag, put a handle on it, carry it around, and I keep going. And now that this damn therapist of mine is making me look at this stuff, <laughs> yeah, it's coming up more. And then, wow, I see it over here in somebody who's getting pushed out of a job, essentially. And that's that's wrong. And now I'm going at it because not only do I have my own aggression or feeling wronged, but now I have hers. So it's almost like an extra reason now. So when you say, and I had that added, like I had hers and that added to it, what did it add? Her wrong, the way that she was wronged effect affected me. Right. Pause, pause. Yes, that is true. That is true. However, the point that we're hitting right now is because it was her and not me. What I got was insulation. I got protection. Okay. I could go after somebody and quest and really just take this on in the name of someone else, not me. It's interesting that you say that. So the way I approached it, I tried to be as sneaky as possible. (laughs) That's the insulation and protection. You're right that I think the element of quest was because, okay, not just was I wronged, now there's a real reason to go to bat because I'm not going to do it for me, really. But what you're saying, though, is there is something wrong about this environment. Once you accept the responsibility of managing other humans, 
that shit changes. I don't care who you are. You can't gossip with your subordinates. You can't treat people like that you're in high school and what you say doesn't matter because it does because you are a manager. Yes, you can. But it shouldn't. I want this coming out of you because you're pissed and there's something underneath the piss that we're going to get to. But I don't know. I feel more like righteous anger rather than pissed at this point. It's righteous anger. There was a wrong. You were wronged. This is not okay. And this is not how things should go. And this is not how people should be. When you say they can't do that. Yeah, they can. They should not be allowed to do that. It should be unacceptable behavior. You are abusing your power over another person. That is not acceptable. I'm going to put a pin in that. And that for sure isn't ties back to my fucked up childhood. So, yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's the pin to put in because we got to come back to that. And there's, there's a lot there. Maybe it's because I'm doing therapy. Like, honestly, I can't predict my mind since I started doing therapy with you. Like I used to be able to, <laughs> I'm not, well, I'm yeah, not we, kidding. We've, we've opened some <laughs> compartments. We, we've, we've set the handles down and opened some of those bags. Yeah. That, that righteous anger. Yes, you have that. And when there's the, I'll call it protection or insulation of another person that you see that happening to, then you can take on the quest. Yeah, I hear you on that. I hear you, you on name that. It. If mm-hmm. it's you, if it's you, I can take it. Push it away. Yeah. Yeah. Brush it away. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that right there is a protective mechanism. For myself? Yeah. Okay. For a moment here, if we can, let's look at, all right, I can do this for everybody else. Can I do this for myself? Not not the righteous quest for yourself. Because yes, you can do that. I think you can do that very well. I'm talking about how you were wrong and how wrong that was and how long that was. That that's a part of you. Yeah. And it explains a lot of how you respond to things because a lot of these things are triggers. And the nature of a trigger is it, it touches something deeper so we have a much bigger reaction than just the thing itself. It's happened twice since we started therapy. I had a completely uncalled for, out of the blue, never happened before reaction to something. My question mark is why? Why did I feel that had to be dealt with the way I did. I, I, I don't know. You know, we can, we can start to make sense of it, especially as we talk about a trigger, it's triggering something deeper. So if we think about what's deeper, you've got perhaps the deepest of wounds from childhood, of traumas, of just and continuous. It's not like, oh yeah, then I grew up and got married and it was fine. No, no, yeah. it kept going, <laughs> right? Also a protective mechanism, I think. Laugh or cry. Uh-huh. Absolutely. What you and I are now doing is we're starting to be a little more vulnerable. You know, there are times when I will slow you down. 
and we'll let these, we'll get to sit with these, these things. If we keep going and going and going, I never have to sit with this. And if I sit with this, holy shit. Yep. So when something triggers it, maybe the word isn't protection, it's the deflection that it's somebody else. So then on their behalf, I can take up the quest. I can do something. I would have never thought of it, but when you say it like that, it does make sense because it takes the sting, like you said. I'm not personally emotional about my review. Now I am angry on behalf of. It's maybe less painful or less, I don't know. I hate to hurt people's feelings and I hate people thinking that I'm worried about myself or that. But what, what, what about your feelings? This is how we were raised. Jesus, others, you. Always, no matter what, when that is all you know, and in fact, you are severely punished when you try and do you, others, zero Jesus, you kind of get to a point where you're just like, okay, well, obviously I don't matter. And that's something I think that even as an adult, maybe even especially as an adult, is hard to shake. Because as you get older and as you fade less, you know, more and more into the background, you become a mother. Now your kids are important. You become all these things to better the people that you directly affect. You disappear more and more and more. So there's never been a time in my life where I was like, oh, hell no, me then you. <laughs> and it, it reminds me of, I worked with the Marine a long, long time ago, and it was God, core, country. I'm not knocking that. It, it's, it's effective for what it does, for sure, but it creates something. It does. And for you, it's a lot of what you saw around you growing up was very similar, right? Jesus, family, and the family of the cult. And I, I think for you, you weren't allowed to be an individual. No. At all. No, for sure not. <laughs> right. And there's, there's something that has happened to you as a result of all that and of protecting yourself, which was very necessary. This is wrong. This is not okay. Oh, I get a bar of soap down my throat. Okay. Well, all right. You learn, but you had this this was not right in you. So that quest needed to come out. You needed to act on that. And you didn't have a safe place to for a long, long time. I would guess that while you were married, you could give your friends advice about, you know, their relationships and how to get out of bad situations. All the time. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what about yours? What about you? I refuse to accept that I couldn't fix it. So it always ended up coming back to me and my inability to have a happy marriage and a happy house and a non-violent husband. Somehow that was on me. So yeah, it was. it's always easier to give advice to somebody else because especially for me, when I turn that inward, 
instead of seeing it for what it was, it was my fault, which was that it was out of my control, that I was doing everything I possibly could to the point of literally being miserable, but still somehow to me, that was my fault. I'm going to pause you for a second because we can, we need, we need to get this. That was something ingrained in you very much. So very horribly. So abusively. So Mm -hmm. it was ingrained in you. And we've been talking about recognizing things that are out of your control and somehow finding a way to be okay with that. Well, no, you haven't been historically, so it's going to take some time. You loved looking things up, getting true definitions and understandings. And I see you nodding. You're like, yes, data, data. data. I need more data. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if you know anything about computer programming. Oh, Excel. We'll just take Excel. (laughs) When a cell has the wrong data in it, the whole line, the whole column is fucked. Yep. And if you don't, like, if you see the little hashtag mark and you go, oh yeah, that one's fucked up. Okay. Let me, let me go fix it. If you don't, you have to find, you have to dig around and find it. Correct. But your whole spreadsheet is screwed. And you have to find the source of the original screw up to trace it all the way back to why that particular cell is giving you the error. Yeah. Right. So for you, part of that, we know, we know the original, that that's my growing up. That's my childhood. Okay. We got that. But part of what we're seeing in your spreadsheet, the word fix, we need to blow that up. We need to absolutely fucking blow it up because that word fix is perpetuating a lot of this for you. That word fix may be in need of a a redefining. I get the place you're coming from and I see the importance of it. But Mm -hmm. at this point, that's all I know how to do. I know that sounds pathetic and ridiculous. It doesn't. But literally, if I lose that, like, who the fuck am I? Exactly. And we're not going to take that away and leave you without any defenses. And now like, no, not, not at all. We're not going to do that. I want to embrace exactly what I I feel I understood you were coming, like the angle you were coming from with that. But with that comes all my stupid anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Looking at that, that need to fix if we just use a, a different word there, or if we if we eventually can redefine and know what we're talking about, because what it does for you, almost, is when it's external, other people, fix is a call to action, is an invitation to quest, is a chance to, to right or wrong, to do something. It's great. It's a noble thing. It is, in theory, when it's carried out in practice, and when it has the weight of a lot of other stuff that's unresolved, then, yeah, I I don't know, maybe not so much. I totally hear you. And I think you are 100% correct with that. What what I do want to just touch for a second is that for you, like external, you can see that that's the call to action. That's this. For you, what fix has meant to you for your experience is how can I find a way to put a handle on this, 
to be okay with this, to keep going with this. And at some point, not right now, but at some point we're going to go, wait a second, that's not a fix. That's a patch. That's a Band-Aid. That's a something so I can keep going. But wow, there's a wound under that Band-Aid. There's a lot there that just, it's not about fixing because fixing in that sense means keep going, carry on, suck it up, just do it. And you even said in, in your mind, I've exhausted everything. I, ke- I kept trying, I kept doing, I kept, right. You kept trying to fix, finding a way to be okay. And there's at some point you being able to, to say and recognize for us in the safety of, of therapy, I'm not okay with this. There isn't fixing here. This is broken and this is not okay. A lot of times there's two voices in my head, but there's one that is strict and stern and like suck it up. Don't, it doesn't matter. Push it down, carry on. Mm -hmm. And the other that is the, the person that's either for me or for somebody else, like trying to nurture, trying to take care, trying to make it all better. And it's almost like they fight a battle in my head. And when it's about me, this guy wins. The strict suck it up, Absolutely. push it down, always, always yep. wins. And because yep. Yep. of yep. that, I have a, a certain approach to situations and to, I think, life in general that doesn't allow me to be affected because it's not okay. I'm not allowed. But when there's a chance for the sweet, the kind, I'm going to make this better to sneak her head in on behalf of somebody else, like my brothers and sisters or like my children whoever, the kids in school that nobody would sit with, then finally this voice gets to win. And there's a part of me that really, I don't know, it makes me feel fulfilled in some way. I don't even know if fulfilled is the correct word, but there's a lot of loneliness and emptiness from the mean, the strict, the push it down, don't care, carry on. And a lot of like, fulfillment and I don't know, something that it does to me that allows me to, I don't know, remember that I am a good person and I do have a kind heart. Yeah. It's perfectly clear and makes perfect sense. And I love that you recognize those two voices. I love that. That, that first voice. I mean, strict mean, okay, but that was... That was the necessary, Sarah. The survival, Sarah. A hundred percent. I was just going to say survival. Like, beautiful. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. No, it's 100% correct. Yes. Literally. And I don't use literally unless I mean literally. Like, I will, you will never hear me say, like, my head was literally exploding. Like, it literally kept you alive. That voice, that, that drive, that defense mechanism literally kept you alive, helped you survive, and you learned how to use it and be rewarded for it. Great. I don't want to lose that or take that away. We're going to calibrate it. We're going to pick and choose so we don't just automatically slip into that. And the other, Sarah, the soft, sweet, 
the natural born Sarah, like the Sarah I was as a child. And beauty of it is those are both Sarah. It's all you. Hmm. What we do by seeing it and giving them two different voices is we can separate them. We can look at them and then we'll find a way to integrate them. It makes sense theoretically and looking at it as a third party, it all makes sense. It's the, the implication and the breakdown inside of me personally that is a whole, a whole lot loaded. <laughs> now we have a frame of reference. We've got these two sides. So now when things come along, you're like, why am I doing that? Like, well, which Sarah does that sound like? And eventually we're going to be able to pick and choose which comes out when and turn them around and apply them to you. Okay, the jigsaw puzzle, you just took it out of the box, finally. <laughs> Hang on. You just opened that acne closet where everything spilled out. Mm -hmm. right? yep. You found the jigsaw puzzle box, you put it down, and we're popping it open and we're putting all the pieces on the table. Yep. We will put them together. Yes. We will. Naming those pieces. And for some people, some of those pieces aren't in the box and we have to go find them. I think you've got a pretty good idea of what your pieces are. Just need to find their place. Yeah, and we will. This is the road to healing. So, Sarah, moving right along yes, with her. Yeah. She makes me laugh. I mean, not in a bad way. Not in a laughing at her, but I can relate to her about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff I can't, but when she gets very passionate about something, it reminds me of myself, right. just like the way she talks. I guess it doesn't matter who it is, because I was a little confused. I guess it's a woman she works with that is... Yeah, a different coworker that we have not heard of Okay, yet. okay. Yeah. And I wasn't sure, I didn't quite get, like, is she quitting or did she get fired? And whatever the reason was for her justice warrior type reaction. I don't think we heard it, right? You guys didn't hear it. There was okay. some stuff I took out. Okay. There was something that went on with this coworker and Sarah was feeling like, hey, that's not fair that she got singled out and she's getting pushed out and let go. Okay. I'm not okay with this. Like I, I, I don't agree with this. Okay. Right. And again, it doesn't necessarily matter what the reasoning was, although to me it does, because you know, I need details, but was it warranted? Was her intense reaction, was her reaction congruent, I guess is the question. Was Sarah's reaction? Yeah. Like, I know it wasn't for herself, well, but I'm saying, <laughs> do you know what I mean though? Like, was it an incongruent big reaction or? Yes. And regardless of it being congruent or not, what was very telling was that it, when you said like, it wasn't about her. Right. Ultimately it was. Right. Yes. You know, yes. Which is something that we tapped into. Yeah. I think the reason she felt and using words like uh, justice warrior and yeah. I'm on a quest and, and this, right. she can do it for someone else. Where is that? Where's that hypervigilance coming from? It's coming right. from her and it's coming from her history and her trauma and, and a lot of the things that she's felt like she's had to just take and never been able to fight for. Right. Right. I get it. I think in my mind, I was just wondering, was it like, Sally pulled my braids and then like. When you're in, when you're in a corporate setting, you can't just get like 
fired at the drop of a hat. I mean, right. You have to be written up. You have yeah. To, there's a process yeah, yeah. for it. And it can be something like, yeah, you don't agree with things. And that's, yeah, no, that's, that's not how I would do it. And that's, right. that's not fair. But it's, I think for Sarah, she heard about this and it might've caught her a little off guard because it's, whoa, wait, your last A is coming up. What the right. hell? Okay. What happened? Got it. Got it. But there, I'm sure there was a buildup. Yeah. And she was talking about yeah. cliques and clubs and you, you guys did a good job of defining how you perceive those things differently or how she defined how she sees a clique as like negative and excluding people and like not allow, you're not allowed, you don't belong. And she said, talked about how middle school is the worst. And I was wondering, did that, did she have a middle school experience that was okay? No, remember she had, they, they had kind of like workbooks and yeah. they, they worked, yeah. you know, that way. Like she yeah. didn't have the traditional middle school experience. No, right. not, okay. not by a stretch. And okay. part of what, what she was, if you look at like, well, what, what happened to the coworker? Like, what did they do? How did it go? And all that. It's something that when I said it to her in terms of like, yeah, it's sort of like when you got pregnant and you were working at that, that right. party planning place and they were like, oh, you're, you can no longer be in the front. So right. you need to go be in the basement. Right. And yeah, she, she agreed with the link there and kind of went, right. There's something about what bothered her was this woman, this coworker is just doing what she thinks she's supposed to be doing. Right. She thinks she's doing a good job. She's right. And Sarah even said, she's not lazy. She's not sneaky. She just comes to work, sits down, does her job, goes home. Right. She does what's right. Quote unquote. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's where she said, you know, the thing about feeling the righteous anger and feeling that, that like quest for justice, there's something wrong there that's people in power having power over people not in power. It's yeah. just not, she felt it was not very professional and not, certainly not very kind. Yeah. And I think, I mean, when she said that she contacted HR anonymously, I was like, whoa, dude, what? This is like, she really went for it. That was when I was like, okay, okay, this is a big thing for her. And she talked about her realizing that she had never done something like that for herself before, but that she would, she did it for somebody else. And I think, you know, the first thing when she said people in a power affecting people not in power, I was like, oh, well, that's how you grew up. Right. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. And that's, that, that's where, remember, remember I said to you, like, I don't care about the details. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're like, what? what do you mean? I'm all details. You would be I the know. worst therapist for me. I'm like, yeah. or the best therapist for you. Totally. hundred percent. Because I'm listening to her and I'm listening to the details and they do matter and I retain them. And it is very much about her history and her frames of reference totally. and, and what it's like and those dynamics of power and, and what happens for her. And it's something that I even said, I wanted to put a pin in it. And she goes, Oh, like my childhood trauma. I'm like, well, yeah, there's the pin. You, right. you nailed it. And it's, it's just recognizing because a lot of what drives her is I want the data. I want to know where this stuff is coming from and why am I like this? And if you noticed, she did the enunciation thing again, when she was yes. talking about being a justice warrior. Yes. Right? She also did it when she said, once you accept the responsibility of manning, managing other people, that shit changed. And I was like, right. yes, the enunciation thing and the justice where I totally heard that. That's where she goes. Yeah. And I said something to her in this, uh, almost that moment where, you know, she's talking about, uh, and I bring back up the word quest. Yeah. And she's like, 
yeah, it, it was a quest. Like, and, and that's why I contacted the HR person and, and I went through this and I did this and two things. I'm feeling like there's a wrong here that needs to be righted, right? And that's sort of what's driving her. But there's also the history of it. Right. And I kind of bring this out because I'm realizing her sort of questing and her, her justice warrior mentality. Whenever she said she got out of the cult, she says it very nonchalant. And I even said that to her. Like, well, you know, you, you talk pretty nonchalant when you say you just got out of a cult. You were 15 right. years old and just got out of it. She's like, yeah, right. I just did it. That's what I did. Like, well, hang on. Something doesn't match up here. Right. She was started saying about uh, since she started therapy with you, like she can't predict her mind anymore. And I was like, right. huh, yeah, look at that. Because you don't know, you're going to have a different awareness of things than you did before. And so you may think differently or react differently or have a different sensation because now right. you're talking about it and processing it and looking things differently. And that's the work. That is the work. I mean, I mean, that's exactly what you and I and and Sarah and I were talking about. It's something that felt like a quest. There was there's this sense of wrong and feeling so powerless, right? And we're able to connect it to when she's felt so powerless, right? And what I was kind of highlighting was, yeah, when she got out of the cold, it was like, yeah, I just handled it, no problem. I got out. Interesting. And this goes back to me talking about screaming into a pillow and and that yeah. outrage and feeling that. Because she gets so pissed and it's righteous anger. And when she has the protection of it's not for me, it's for someone else. Right. She'll go full mama bear mode, full justice warrior, and she'll do it and she'll fight for it. And yet she doesn't have that for herself and no one did that for her when she was literally being abused by a cult. Yeah. And when she said she hates people thinking she's worried about herself, I was like, Oh my Lord. And she said she was raised like Jesus, others, and then you again, always go back to the cliche, but like putting on your oxygen mask first. So sure. Okay. Jesus and others, but like, if you're not worried about yourself, then how are you going to be able to put, be in a place where you worry about other people and made me sad to hear that she says she hates people thinking she's worried about herself. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because it reminded me of I've heard it two different ways. So if there are military people out there, they can correct me, and I apologize if I'm getting this wrong. But I've heard God, country, core, and I've heard core, God, country, and it's it's sort of the hierarchy mm-hmm. of what's the priority, where's the most importance, where's where do you place it, and I don't know if those things are interchangeable or if there is a, a difference, but the concept is. The core comes first, like our, our, our unit, our group. This, this is the thing that matters the most. Right. Then there's God, because that's above everything oh, else. Oh, core, like country, C-O-R-P-S. Yeah. Yeah. Not C-O-R-E. <laughs> I was like, I don't core, understand. Like, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Thank you. Yeah. Like Marine Corps. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. I've also heard it the other way, God, country, core. I'm trying to think which sounds, I mean, I have no idea, but. Again, I, I've heard it both ways. I don't know which, but for our purposes. Yes. It doesn't matter. You know, I made that link to her because yeah. she moved from country to country, house to house, because the cult leader was in hiding and on the run. And that's how she lived in these sort of secret places all the time. Right. Where all this stuff went down. She had a life where 
she really saw being sneaky and how people were so sneaky and, and the way people approach things. And that's not what she stand. That's part of what she's trying to shine light on. Like, don't right. be sneaky. Don't be wrong. Don't do something the wrong way, the unprofessional way. Yeah. And I think she was talking about like not being able to be an individual. And, and then this part made me sad having kids and getting older and you just sort of like fade and move into the background. And I was like, what? That is horrible. I understand. I totally understand what she's saying, but she said, you become all these things to better the people that you affect. And I'm like, well, okay. Mm. But at the same time, she said that, I, I don't know. She doesn't sound like someone to me who has faded into the background, maybe, but it, it was the way she said it. I was like, that sounds horrible. Yeah. It's interesting. And I, I think there's something that, that she was talking about in terms of like, and I think she was right about fading into the background because it's more like her own needs fade into the background because as you become a mother, your kids have the importance. So now it's, it's like kids, core, country, God, or whatever the order is. I, right. I don't know. But that, that idea that the kids now matter most, right? And it's, it's her own needs. And that's, that's, I think when I mentioned that quote, it's about her own needs became secondary or tertiary or quashary. I don't know what the fourth of that is, way down the list. It doesn't have to, I know I get it. Like I, I understand to a certain degree, but at the same time, once again, if you don't get your needs met, you cannot take care of your kids. Right. Well, right. But th- that's the thing is for her, it's, I'm highlighting this because we're talking about her needs don't matter. Yeah. Well, that's not true. They do. No, it's it's not put at the all. Os- oxygen mask on yourself first. And totally. that's, it's something that's so foreign for her because how she grew up was similar to that, right. that Marine upbringing or, or that, that experience of you as an individual matter much, much less than these other things. Right. So fucked up and sad and not true. And right. That's where we're trying to integrate that and connect that. And when she comes up against a power or a control over her, over someone else, over somebody weak, you know, it reminds me of keeping with the military motif, the movie, a few good men. If you remember that. I do. You know, somebody ordered a code red, which was teach the, the weak kid a lesson by beating him up or something like to get him in line with the rest of the the unit. Right. And I remember towards the end of the movie, the two guys that were on trial, one of them was like, we did nothing wrong. We followed our orders. We did everything we were supposed to do. Right. And the other guy says, we were supposed to stand up for people that couldn't stand up for themselves. And that to me is the heart of the justice warrior that Sarah's tapping into. Totally. Yeah. Whether it's someone else or, her kids, or you guys were talking about taking out the needing to fix things, right? You talked about the Excel analogy, which I thought was great. (laughs) And then she jumped into it. But, you know, when Excel is the wrong data, the whole column's fucked up. And she said, yeah, and you have to find the source of the original screw up, right? And taking out that, that fix, she talked about, or you guys talked about how the fixing is like an external call to action. And I was thinking, yeah, like as therapists, we don't even quote unquote fix people. Like that's not what we do. People aren't meant to be fixed. Like machines are meant to be fixed or a broken vase is meant to be fixed. 
That's true. I also think that if there is an error line of code earlier in your programming or on the Excel spreadsheet, then fixing that error, looking at that line of code that might be not applicable, not correct, not okay. Right. Right. Not adaptive. That's maladaptive. That's where we can tweak something and kind of go, wait, hang on, let's, let's challenge this core belief because this core belief is not right, is not accurate. Right. And we'll take it on as real and true. And we build all the other lines of code and, and Excel columns on top of that. But it's all going to be screwed and jumbled unless you clear up that, that error. Yeah. And that's what I think. It's a past belief or thought or, you know, whatever it is. And it's sort of like CBT changing the thought, feeling behavior, totally. but it's just going back and, and looking at it and being like, oh, this no longer suits me, but it used to suit her. Right. I even said like, it, it's sort of like, if you have a cut, if you just put a bandaid over it, there's still a cut underneath. We, we have to tend to the wound. Right. You don't just put the bandaid on, go, cool. I'm good. Let's go. At some point you got to put on your, clean it out with peroxide or put Neosporin on it or whatever you do. Right. And make sure you're tending to it. If you think of fix in terms of that, that's healing. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Yes. And you might have a scar there. Scar's okay. It's a part of you. And I think that's, that's where she kind of then just went, oh yeah, I have these two voices in my head. Yeah. One that's just like, put the bandaid on, suck it up, like keep going. Doesn't right. matter. Push it down. Go, go, go. That's the one that's not tending to the wound. That's not acknowledging it. That's not allowing it to be there. That's not going to lead to healing it. Right. Yeah. She talked about the two, the, the strict mean Sarah and the sweet Sarah. And I think then right. she said right. something like, okay, the, the necessary for survival, Sarah, instead of the, the strict mean one, which I thought was right. just good. And just that those two you said like, let's separate them and, and then look at them and integrate them, which I think is the whole thing for people. I try to talk about, they'll say, that's not me, or I want to get back to the old me, or I'm like, that's all part of you. Every single, single right. trait thing, light, dark, all the shades in the middle, like they're all parts of us. Totally. And that's, that's, I loved that she, she said the natural born Sarah. Right. The Sarah that I was as a child, I'm like, yes, yes, right. you are there. And exactly what you're saying, Mara, like, yeah, we, we can see it. We can give them different voices. We can separate them. Our work as therapists and our work together, Sarah and I, is to integrate them and right. have them be all her. But sometimes we need to pull them out, separate them. Like I said, the jigsaw puzzle, like take all the pieces out of the box, spread right. them around the table. Then we'll put it back together. Right. Right. That's what we're doing. Oh, the last thing that you guys were saying that made me laugh was when you said, yes, literally. And you said, and I don't say that unless I literally mean literally. And I was laughing because <laughs> I think I say literally so often. We, you said something like, oh, literally my head is about to explode. And you're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, well. Feels like, like no, it. Well, it's not. I know, and yet, literally, is right. a very descriptive word in my mind. So, but I was like, of course, Doug would never say that. No, it literally, it literally, it literally makes my head ache. Well, there you go. That's not as. I figuratively 
I'm going to jump through the computer screen and smack you. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine if that word like worked into our vocabulary? I figuratively am going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start saying that now. Do you know that literally has literally become a word that now means figuratively? It makes sense. It I mean, doesn't. yes, you are correct. <laughs> it has. Yeah. It makes sense because we, we have misused it for so long. Well, people are just like, eh, whatever. To, to bite off Sarah, it's nonsense. It is. It makes sense to others. It's yes. nonsense to us. Yes. That's right. And we will be back making more sense for you guys after more the holidays. Nonsense. We're taking a, a little break for a couple of weeks. So enjoy your holiday, Meredith. And my birthday. Dear. Enjoy your birthday. Yeah, there you go. You stole it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Um, but hey, guys, have a great holiday. Have a great New Year's. We will see you. In 2022? We will talk at you in 2022. Yay. Bye. Bye.